Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, Hockey World. It's Wednesday, May 11th, 2016. I'm Michael Lagello. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I am Eklund, and you're watching the Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes to you every Monday through Friday around this time of day to fill you in on the comings and goings. And today in the studio here, we're joined live by uh, Kevin Allen, sort of. Um, but that through the modern technology, Kevin is actually driving right now, right, Kevin? I am. I'm uh, coming home from Pittsburgh. I'm going to actually take the day at home before I return to Pittsburgh. I'm assuming the the next series uh, will start on uh, Friday night, you know, yep. you know uh, basically to the East for the first four games, uh, and then I'll sort out whether I'll go East or West after that. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they did announce just, I did this here, they announced Friday night officially. Yeah, Friday. I like it, I like this, you know, butting up against, I love having no off nights, I think it's great, and also it does feel like we may, have, we may have picked up a day or two, like here somewhere, like we might actually not go to June 15th or something like that, right? feels like somewhere. Kevin, do you think we picked up a day? I think we did, yeah. Um, yeah, because at one point they were starting, they were talking about starting uh, all the series like uh, Saturday, you know, for sure. So, you know, we're at least uh, a day ahead yeah. um, of that. So, um, you know, that's good. I, I found that there's been a lot of, of confusion about the starting that. I think uh, uh, the, the league has sort of realized that we have to you know, get these things uh, moving at a, at a quicker pace than we like to all our fans. Yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, I, I don't. I mean, I personally think that. If, if us hockey writers who have to watch these games have a tough time staying up to watch all the games, it's, the fans definitely have a tough time staying up watching these games, I would think. I mean, there are many nights when I would have said, if I this was not my job, I would go to sleep, you know. Um, it's a battle. It is, isn't it? So, yeah. yeah. Well, well, I, I think some of the teams, too, like the old days when, uh, you know, ticket buyers would, you know, for the playoffs, you, you know, no matter when you serve it up, they're going to be there. And I've been told that's not the case anymore, that, you know, that uh, the modern families or the modern ticket buyers that are a little more selective and are more serious about the starting times. Like, uh, you know, their lives are such that, you know, at 8 o'clock, uh, you know, starting time causes too much hardship for them. So, um, you know, they'd rather just watch on television and then to roll into bed and go out to the game. So, you know, the study time is, you know, it's going to become an issue, I think, even in the offseason. Oh, I agree. It has to. It's very, it's, it's, it's really, it, it has to at some point here. But I do, I, I, we haven't talked to you for such a long time. I want to catch up with a couple of things with you. Um, and, you know, of course, you know, now, by, by now you must, I'm sure, of telling all your friends of the genius I was in my first round of predictions, correct? Because I, I, I did pick the, uh, I did pick St. Louis. I did pick San Jose. And I did pick Nashville. Just let uh, it be. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, it so. never happens, so I'm trying to get a little bit of publicity about it. Um, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't pick St. Louis in the uh, 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 
Yeah, you had San Jose for sure. I remember that because you were one of the only others that had San Jose, and I was happy yeah, about that. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you yeah, know, this has been a, a fascinating playoff. Uh, I, I think uh, it's uh, sort of bearing out in the East the way we thought it would. Uh, you know, I think Aaron, the Washington Capitals, even though they were the President's Trophy winner, I think a lot of us thought that the Penguins were actually the better team by season back, that the changes they made. Uh, you know, really sort of transformed that team into a team that was, uh, uh, you know, four lines and fast and, uh, you know, much better defensively than Penguins teams have been in the past. And, you know, I wrote in my column this morning with already people saying, well, same old capital, but, you know, it really wasn't that at all. Yeah. And, it's not that. It was more about the cap, the Penguins. I agree, Russ. Yeah, I mean, I had a huge debate on on Twitter and, and Facebook. I basically said one guy doesn't win you a cup or lose you a cup, and people just put way too much pressure on Ovechkin that way and call him a choker. I hate it. But the other thing is, I did think Barry Trotz made an error, and I told you I didn't like Brooks Orpic in that game because. He slows down the team, and then, of course, he, you know, bad penalties. I would not have put him in against Pittsburgh at all. Schmidt, when they had Nate Schmidt in there, it was better because they were faster. I just think that was a, a, a miscalculation because Trotz is very loyal, and I think hopefully he learns from that. Yeah, and he and he took the he took the key double minor that they got two goals in 33. I think it was 33 seconds, and you know, I mean. I have to give the Capitals credit for coming back from 3 nothing. I mean, you really can't say that they choked in the series or choked in that game. But, I mean, the, the thing is that this just extends the reputation of Ovechkin. And, and Ovechkin played well. But, I mean, I'm already hearing today a lot of commentators saying, okay, what can Washington do now because they didn't win again. They didn't. He didn't beat Sidney Crosby in this head-to-head matchup, even though it really wasn't a head-to-head matchup. It was yeah, more. I mean, it was more. It was more the fact that Pittsburgh and their depth players produced more than Washington and their depth players. So I don't know what Brian McClellan can do in terms of upgrading that team. You know, maybe adding another defenseman. But this is a very good team, and they just got beat by a team that was performing better. But you know, it still lengthens that. That specter of the drought. that he that he can't win the big game. It's I think it's I think it's totally unfair. I mean, um, I, and I don't I think the Capitals would be nuts if they did much. You know, I mean, why would you do much? I, I heard one I heard one comment today. I mean, Kevin, what are your thoughts? Should the Caps make changes? No, oh, no, no. I wrote that this morning. Like, a, I'll tell you what. I mean, you have some some Yeah. Okay. 
I mean the Uf the UFAs they have are, are really minimal. I mean they are re they are they're basically Mike Richards who you know I know Russ Russ thought he had. I mean Russ, they need a real yeah. fourth line center. They need, they need a guy who can skate. He did slow him down. I would not have Richards on the team, and I would get an option, a faster depth defenseman, so they could sub him in and out with Orpic because obviously they have Orpic's contract, and in a regular season Orpic will get you through. But when they do face a fast team. During the season and in the playoffs, they need a guy they could sub out for Orpic. Those are the only two changes I'd make. Otherwise, I think they're set. Yeah, I mean, I do too. And 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 we do have to address for a second the um the the incredible play that Beagle made at the end of this game. I mean, to save to save what was pretty much, I mean, in my opinion, I was tr I was trying to think of a more clutch play at a clutch time, a more a crazier clutch play at a clutch time defensively. Than that, than that play. I mean, you were there, Kevin. What was it like, the Beagle play? Well, I mean, I mean the crowd was stunned by the play, uh, you know, because it looked obviously like things were about to score, and, uh, you know, it just, it, uh, just didn't happen. I, you know, it was such an entertaining hockey game that you know, we saw so many things, including the three consecutive delay <laughs> game penalties, uh, you know, that we just don't normally see. Uh, and I, I think that's why uh, it just sort of added to the frustration of the, of the Capitals uh, uh, because, you know, they did have sort of heroic plays like that and they did have opportunities and, you know, they didn't cash in they didn't rally from a three-goal deficit. Normally when you do that, you go on to win, but they didn't. Uh, yeah. So, but the, but the, 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 the fans' reaction to that was one of, uh, as you know, everybody was just it was so I mean just not only and they've mentioned this on TV but not only just blocking the shot which of course you know there's a great deal of luck involved he's going across there's no way he can actually aim where he's putting his stick but but the fact that he moves his foot and doesn't kick it in that to me was the crazy thing the reflex of blocking the shot and as you're diving across it's going right to the skate which is going to knock in and he manages to lift his skate up that, that, to me, I mean, Beagle has had, we talked about it before, Russ, Beagle has been very good in the playoffs. Um, and he I, he was very good in last year's playoffs, I felt like. I, I felt yeah, like this is a, he's a playoff performer. I mean, I think yeah, that he's, he's shown. He's a playoff performer. He, he's a great defensive player. You know, the funny thing about that play is, though, after you make that play, it's hard for Holby to get back into position. And that really was an issue, too. So while it temporarily saved things, Holby never really got set back in the net the right way either. Yeah, but you know, otherwise the game's over. So I don't think that much of a choice. I mean, it was just—it was such a great. And Hopey played out of his mind too. I mean, like, I mean, I—I I really do believe now, firmly more than ever, that Hopey should be the goalie for Team Canada 
in this upcoming World Cup of Hockey. I mean, I really just think that he's the best goalie, the best Canadian goalie right now. I mean, I know Price. It's I guess it's Price's job to lose, even though he hasn't played in. Yeah, they've handed the job the job to Price. It is. I mean, they did. But this, I mean, if anyone could have, if anyone could have made a case, if anyone could have played any better than Holtby's played to make the case, I mean, there is, in my opinion, Kevin, is there? I mean, do you agree with that at all? Well, I, I think it's a tough situation, but it's not so dissimilar to what the Penguins are in with, yeah. you know, Flurry and Murray. I mean, you know, Flurry is the guy who played well all season and essentially lost his job because he got hurt. And, um, you know, he's the more experienced guy. He's the guy you know most about. But, you know, Murray's the hottest guy. And, you know, it's, it's simple just to stay with the hot guy. Well, you know, it's very similar for Canada. You know, Price was the world's best goalie when he was injured. Canada has a history of, you know, they go with the guy who's the perceived number one, going back to Patrick Waugh, going back to Marty Brodeur, Luongo. They'll go with that guy until the guy drops the ball. I mean, I know Cujo in 2002, he lost that one game, and then they put Brodeur in, and Brodeur ran the table. So unless that number one goalie, the perceived number one goalie, gives the gives Mike Babcock in this instance the the excuse to go to another one, I think if if Price is right, Price will be the starter. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that that's fair. I think that's I think that's perfectly fair. But I I just I really just feel like you know if you're hoping you just can't you couldn't have done anything else. And I, I it, and he he was so good in the series. I mean literally, he really was the difference in keeping the in keeping the cap. I mean I know the Caps came back last night, but I felt like he was the reason that Caps could come back last night. There were so many chances. That the game could have, when every time the you know the Caps got a goal, the Penguins had a little bit of a push and they had a couple chances that were really good chances and hope he held them back. I just was very impressed. Um, you know, he was you could tell how it was a devastating loss for that guy. You could really well, see it because he. We do need to talk about the three delay games because I've yeah. never seen that before. Uh, it gave the Caps a tremendous chance. They cashed in one of them by not cashing in two of them. Pretty much cost them the game. You could say that Murray was great. You could say that their, you know, their power play didn't do the job. It's both sides. But I, I found that sort of compelling because you can kind of tell that that was going to be the game, even though it went into overtime. It was really interesting. And But, you know, I know some people say they hate that rule. But you know what? That rule's there for a reason because when this game does get fast and out of control, it is a cheesy way for guys to sort of get out of trouble. And if you didn't make that a penalty, guys would do it all the time. Kevin? Yeah, I, I completely agree with Russ. I'm a big supporter of this rule. And, you know, part of the problem is that we all have collective memories and we forget <laughs> what the league was like before the rule was enacted. But, you know, it was commonplace to whenever you were panicked or in trouble, you know, to drive it out of bounds like soccer. You know, right? a little bit soccer, you drive the ball out of bounds to be pressured. You know, so you can sort of regroup. And you, know, you don't have that option. You don't make a play. That's what the league is saying. Make a play. Right. And they did it in such a way that 
No, I don't. It doesn't happen very often. And, um, you know, it turned out to be great drama. You know, I applaud the, uh, the capital for, you know, getting a, a key goal and you applaud the papers for killing off one of those two man disadvantages and for the, you know, the last minute, 33 second power play that they had. You know, yeah. and so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just, it really added to the, to the game. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, I rusted analysis of that where, you know, it's hard to know whether you blame the Capitals for not scoring or lots of Penguins for playing, you know, great penalty uh, killing. Like, you know, the answer is yeah. You know, you know still want to score in those situations, but boy, the Penguins is a masterful job. And, and I, w- I was going to bring that up because it's like, I mean, it's great that the Caps tied the game on that five on three, but that was the second five on three. They, you know, the Penguins killed off the first five on three and, and, and then killed off that penalty to, to Latang. And first of all, uh, Chris Latang, can you stop making stupid plays like you did? <laughs> that I mean, was almost that devastating. That was that almost a devastating. Them the, that could have cost them the series. I mean, he he already did it once. And possibly the Stanley Cup, I'll even say, because the, the, this is team I think is going to win the Stanley that, that was that, that was that bad. I agree with you, Mike. You you already did that to Johansson, and you got a game suspension, and now you go and now you hit uh, you hit someone like against the boards with in the last two minutes of regulation. I mean, think before you do something. I know he's been fantastic in the in the playoffs. Yeah. He, I think he's been playing over thirty minutes a night. He's a great defenseman, but his judgment in terms of trying to make these hits is just bafflingly yeah. bad. Oh, it's it's and and you know when my son who's ten years old says, "Dad, that had to be a penalty, right?" Like he's, all, he's watching it, and he never commented once in the entire time I've watched hockey with him on on something he thought was a penalty. As the play's happening, he's like, "Dad, I think that's another penalty right there." I'm like, "Yeah, that's a penalty." There's just even even at this point in the game, <laughs> he's got to watch himself. Him smashing the stick on the ice could have been a, another two minutes unsportsmanlike. Yeah, and you don't want to give you know Tampa moving forward. You don't want to give them power plays either. I mean, the Capitals' power play, I you know. As much as good as it, the numbers look on it and stuff like that, like I, I made the big point of saying that they were they killed the Flyers in the first three games with their power play. They were like fifty percent, but after that, in the Flyers series, even they 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 weren't that great. And in this series, they weren't that great. You know, they they had their moments, but and they've had they had five on threes that they missed in both situations. So, yeah, I think that that was that was that was a fun moment for sure. I really um. I, I, one thing I want to throw in about the, this delay game penalty, I do agree that it's a good call. I do agree it's a good rule, but I I do question the like the Benino. Like I question the ones where you're batting it out of the air over the over the because to me we saw we've seen the goal a couple goalies get called for this too, which I thought was even worse uh, this year. A couple times where a goalie makes a save and follows through with his stick, and you know as goalies you're taught to like steer the puck into the corner, and these guys are but they guys steer it out of play, and that's been called a penalty. I think that. I wonder if there's a way of changing it to the fact where you know if 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 it's coming out of the air or if it's or if it's a one time or like a one touch you know soccer term whatever one that if that should be considered as yeah, opposed to the puck just laying on the ice and shooting it out like that that is definitely a delay game I, I don't mean, know there's, there, there's already an out for it being deflected X so I mean you, yeah but this but if you give the referees more outs. Then it's going to become even more convoluted. But then the Ovechkin one in overtime, where the Penguins were upset, and that you know, yeah, you could say that was, but that was, I've seen that called on goalies, the Ovechkin one. You know that that I see why the Penguins were upset. Kevin, your thoughts on that at all? Uh oh, did I lose Kevin? <laughs> that sucks. Oh, I, I will call no, right back. No, com- no comment. No, he, oh, no comment. Come right back to get it right there. No, I think the calls were good. I have no issue. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, that you got out of the air means that you're a great athlete and you're able to do that like any baseball player who's able to hit a ball, like any you know highlight player that's able to kind of move a ball in, in midair too. Players are able to do that, and it, if you give them an outlet to do that, they'll do it every time if there's no penalty. And that's and that's why I'm sort of against. Like, I mean, I've heard it being discussed that um, they were going to loosen up the directing and with the with the skate or kicking the puck. And yeah. I'm like, that go that goes against everything that we've known about the game since we've started watching it as kids. So right. yeah, all of a sudden, if it, all of a sudden if it becomes soccer with blades on it. I, I think that's a detriment to the sport. I think that w- wouldn't be something that's a that's a good thing. And you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna change the rule back, because I I remember when you shot it over the glass and it was up to the interpretation of the referee of whether it was on purpose or whether it was just in, you know, this solves the problem. If it goes over the glass and it wasn't deflected, it's a penalty. I do have to mention one thing. Yeah, I agree. I have to mention one thing. Um, I don't think it was this game. Might have been last game. Whatever game. Pierre McGuire mentioned that one of the lines was like an all OHL line. It's like, Pierre, these guys didn't even play on the same team. It doesn't matter that they played at the same time in that league. It is totally irrelevant to the to the game. Fans don't like it. I wish he would just get off of that sometimes because it's really useless. It really is. Well, I, 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 all I have to say is this. I shouldn't know that – certain players played for Shattuck St. Mary's. Right. And because of Pierre Maguire, I know that, I think it was Zach Parise, Sidney Crosby, and go, go down the line. You know, right. I mean, okay, there's one thing about being, you know, having a fact and having it being entertaining and like getting it up. It's one thing to be beaten over the head with it. Right. And that's what Pierre does. So, I mean, I in general, I like his commentary, but the the overabundance of facts, this, this blizzard of... of stuff. Just, just tell me more about what I'm watching. I mean, if the guy won a championship a year or two ago in the OHL, then mention it. That's good. But, you know, I get crazy like that with football when they start out like a Monday Night Football and the guy goes, I'm from Syracuse University and he's 35 years old. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. So Kevin's apparently decided to take a vow of silence for now even though he's sitting wow. okay. there. Well, we'll bring him back in. It's like a Snowden job. Yeah, I think yeah, I think something I said offended him about the penalty. Um, yeah. So anyway, let, we'll... let, let, let me let me just say one more thing about about the game in terms of the the Caps' mm-hmm. point of view. And I, I I in general agree that you know there's not going to be massive changes. They may add a defenseman. You know, they may re- start to recognize that Brooks Orpik making over five million dollars is a liability. You know, maybe they try to move him. Maybe not. You know, I don't know who would want to take him. You know, because he's starting to lose his lose his speed. And he and he actually is. Uh, you know, he's had more than a few concussions in the last couple of years, so he's he's sort of at that point in his career where that may be slowing him down a bit. But a guy who led their team in scoring, Kuznetsov, was a disappearing act. I know he's a young kid. I know he's got a, a wealth of talent. But it's sort of like what Ovech- when Ovechkin was young, how in the playoffs – he really didn't come to the forefront, and it would probably take him a few years of being acclimated to the NHL. But mm-hmm. you know what? This team is a win-now team, and they need him to perform at the level that he performed during the regular season. It, it's a high-wire act. That's a hard one because, again, we saw flashes out of Burakovsky too. They are going to be better next year. These kids will improve next year. I think it's tough when you 
again, you not every 21, 22 year old is ready to be a star in the playoffs. You know, that's just that's just yeah. the reality. And the Caps do have a lot of prospects in their lineup. But look, Justin Williams came up short. I felt that even T.J. Oshie, he had six goals, but he started coming up a little short until the last three games. I mean, there were other guys along the way that were more spectators than Ovechkin and Kuznetsov, I felt. And these guys are getting a year older. I mean, Justin Williams is now a year older. Chimera is a year older. I mean, I mean, they all are, obviously, but I'm saying in terms of those guys who are in their 30s that they brought in to be difference makers, I mean, Orpic is now a year older. That may make... Yeah, that's a problem. Yes. Sorry, you just got me. Oh, okay, sorry about that. We're good. All right, so uh, we're let's move on. To, let's move on to tonight's games. Obviously, we have um, one game tonight, and then we have we have two game sevens over the next couple of days, which is which is really going to be fun as the Western Conference gets going. And then, of course, on Friday, I guess we'll have a return of Russ the Chicken to make his picks for the conference finals for all the for the, all those asking about him, and he does get a lot of email um, more so than anyone else we've ever had on the show. So. Yeah, and not all of it's positive, well, but <laughs> but some of it is some of it is very good. Yeah, so anyway, listen, chickens have enemies. There's natural enemies to yeah. chickens. Yeah, he's getting, he's getting trolled by Frank Purdue. Yeah, especially after you know his his pick of caps and four that that was uh, bold, yeah. bold and showing his favoritism. So, but let's um let's move on to Dallas Dallas and St. Louis tonight. What the heck's gonna happen? Um. What and who wants to start with this one? I'll start um, with it because I just had this feeling. Now again, I had the same feeling for Washington, and they came up a little short. I just have a feeling that St. Louis is really up against it. I heard when I and, and I've known Ken Hitchcock for a long time, and when he says it doesn't matter where you play in a game seven, that's <laughs> not really true. No, and that's a little defensive for Ken, and and I think. He's going with the bravado that he has to sort of go with, but I would have kind of done it a different way. I wouldn't even have mentioned anything about being the road team, but he did. And I think that does loom large here. I do. I mean, I think Lettinen may have cleared a little bit of a hurdle last game. He certainly made that game-saving save towards the end of the game. Has he played two great ones in a row? I don't think so. I mean, that's the biggest problem. But this would be a good time to do it. I think we're seeing some improvement on their offense. Nikshushkin has to be in there. Mike and I talked about this the other day. Lindy Ruff is bad with Russians. He always has been. He always will be. But at the end of the day, he was forced to play the kid, and the kid got an assist. And, again, he's fast, and he takes up room on the ice. There's no way he could justify not playing him now. He really has to play him. And I think if they want to win, he's actually a key guy just to have in the lineup, not to necessarily score. I saw Spezza wake up. I saw Klingberg play a lot better. Yeah, uh, you know, Colton Saver. I, I mean, his kids played great the whole series. I mean, he's definitely ramped it up. I think they have enough. I think, and I've also seen some bad play out of Jay Bomeister more than than I was expecting. Uh, you know, a few more turnovers, a few of those kinds of things, and and St. Louis's scoring could be a lot better. Now that's that's worrisome, but I don't think they're gonna there's gonna be I don't think there'll be a blowout here. Well, we we were right in the fact that the that the Tyler Sagan skate that Tyler Sagan skating around was was a diversionary tactic because Lindy right after the practice yesterday said that you know he's he's not ready to play in Game Seven. But I, I have to question, and I, I know I'm not the only one who's questioning this. You know, Dallas has the goaltending scenario that's the problem because you know Niemi and 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 Lettinen have played in the same game twice in the series, but Ken Hitchcock. And you know he he pulls Elliott 
rightly so, after giving up three goals in game six in the first period. And then after the game says, well, I'm going to sleep on who I'm going to start in game seven. Hmm. Okay, you just created a goaltending controversy where there is none. You're, you're going to start Elliott. If you don't start Elliott, everybody's going to second guess you because all of a sudden you're going with a cold Jake Allen in game seven. It's stupid. He's a veteran there, coach. There's a, one caveat I'll throw out there. You're right. He's a veteran coach. And I, I know he did, he did this one other time, um, and I remember it happening in Philadelphia, and he told the team who he was playing and just did this with the media. Right, and, I, and I was, I was going to say, maybe he told Elliot he was going to yeah. do this as a diversionary tactic, and, that, and that's, that's a distinct possibility. But all people are talking about right now, are they going to play Jake Allen? Are they going to play is, Allen? I mean, which is, you know, given which the fact thing, that... Because they're not that, talking about the team playing badly. That's a that, good Hitchcock That move. is Hitchcock. That's Hitchcock 101. I mean, that, that right. is so his game to like, distract the fact that no one's talking about the choking or the first right. period or anything like that. We're just talking about, yeah, 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 this is Hitch. Yeah. I mean, I, I would bet anything that that Elliot knows he's already playing this game. I mean, I think that that's where it's going to, you know, whether or not that's true or not, they won't they won't say anything, but he wants, he does want Dallas to have to also game plan a little bit because he wants them to have to say, okay, well, we played against, we, we didn't score on Elliot, right? So there's a little bit in their head there. It's it's possible, but it's but it sets a narrative that 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 looks sort it's, of like things are being questioned. It's and the it, narrative he wants, so I, I don't I don't agree. I mean he he's he wants that narrative, and people can and he wants people he wants people to say that he's bad. That that's another thing Hitch likes right. to do. Hitch likes right. that. That's another play of his. Is oh Hitchcock, he doesn't know what he's doing, you know, and he right. likes he actually he's so so tactical with it, what he does. You have to look at his agenda all the time. Like, it, there's no question in my mind that this is completely contrived. And I saw, I think it was uh, Craig Button the other day talking about it and going off on it, saying how this is a bad move by Hitchcock and everything like that. And I'm like, really? Craig should know. I mean, honestly, this is Hitchcock's game. And it, it, if 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 we're wrong later and it determines that he was just flip flopping, which I, I, he's not that way. He's so well thought out. There's he no way. Expected to win this though. Dallas is playing with house money, and I'm sure they're going to play that way. I yeah. mean, they know they don't have Tyler Sagan, which is huge. Right. Imagine if St. Louis didn't have Tarasenko tonight, how right. we'd be talking about this game and how different the complexion would be. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, Hitchcock did a good job here because we, we should be talking about how they've been underperforming and right. and really should have closed out Dallas. We did talk about it the other day, but only briefly. I you know, I think at the end of the day, I think Dallas can win this game. I really do. I But they have to, again, they've got to come out there flying at the beginning. They really have to give St. Louis a problem with the speed at the beginning and make them adjust because that's how they've sort of had success in this. When you know, and again, it's like any other team. If you go up one nothing, two nothing, this will really change St. Louis's game because then they, you know, if St. Louis gets the lead, they will try and sit on it the rest of the night, even if it's a one nothing lead. Dallas tried to do that; they can't yeah. really do that. We saw that. Yeah. Right. And, and and you know, just going back to Pittsburgh and Washington for a second. I mean, Pittsburgh gets up three nothing. They went into a defensive shell. I mean, right. and Washington was desperate, and then and they came back and charged back and got all those powerful opportunities and tied the game. Dallas, if they get up, they are not good enough defensively to hold on to a lead. They yeah. better keep the to keep the throttle wide open and yep. continue to play with speed and aggressiveness against St. Louis. Otherwise, they allow St. Louis to come back in this game. I agree. I didn't. I didn't think. I didn't think Pittsburgh went into is the kind of defensive shell that Dallas went into, though. Well, no, I mean, no, no, not as bad. No, no, not to that extent, but but yeah, yeah, but somewhat. I mean, they're up three nothing. They're at home. They're you know, they think they got this game made. They still had chances. Like I said, hoping still made great saves. I mean, they the stars went 
48 minutes and score and had six shots on goal or something like that, you know, and that that was kind of like the craziness of that. I agree. I, it, there's no question. Like I said, three nothing leads are hard. To, they're hard to hold. hold. They're they're a motivating factor. They're difficult. By the way, the, the midday show on Sportsnet. <laughs> you got Kevin calling on second here. I heard, I heard a lot of analytics. And hey, I heard analytics with Dumpins. No problem. Hold on. I'm bringing you right back on. Kevin's. We got Kevin has decided to talk again. You've been sitting next to us quiet, Kevin. We wondered why. Um, <laughs> we just wanted. We um. We, before we go, I just wanted your thoughts on the game starting tonight. First, I, you know, first and foremost, this game seven. Well, you know, I had picked the Blues, uh, you know, to win, and I picked the the Sharks to uh, to win those series. But um, you know, I, I'm sticking with the Blues uh, in that game just because I think they're the better, you know, playoff uh, style team in my opinion. Uh, even though I'm fighting against the hunch I have that Lexington you know, has the best game in the right end of the play. <laughs> yeah, um, we just talked about that. But I, but I am. Uh, I, we were talking about that a little bit yesterday. We said the Predators just seem to have picked up steam, and the Sharks seem to have run out of steam a little bit as the series has gone. Um, and there's no I, that that you know that that comeback in Game Six. Once the Predators fell behind, there was just no question that they were going to score. Their ability to dominate there, I think, was was eye opening to them. It really felt like you know talking to a couple people that felt like an eye opening thing. Like they can dominate the Sharks if they go at them offensively at times. And that they, you know they they outshot them in the look in quite a few games there in, in quite a few moments. I, I I'm kind of with you. The one thing we talked about that was kind of interesting. I want to get your opinion on was Hitchcock's the whole Hitchcock thing about the goalie, like what goalie he's going to play tonight, and how that's been such a a big thing. And um, my theory is it's it's just classic Hitchcock, honestly. Like it's just it's just Hitchcock distracting. He wants people to say that he's that he's a, that he's a bad coach. He wants people to question him. He's and I would bet almost any amount of money that. The Blues already know who their goalie is. What are your thoughts on that? Oh yeah, it's gamesmanship. But you know, I I thought this was a bridge too far. Like, uh, I know he's doing it with the hopes of you know motivating uh, you know Elliot. But I you know to me that the backfire like that. You know, I I just think that a game seven is not the time. You can know, fool around with that. Uh, you know, there's no game. In my games, it should be played when you're going into a game seven. I, I just prefer a straight up, you know, I'm proud of my team. I mean, you know, basically the approach of both Trotz and Sullivan in the crucial game six is, hey, I, I trust my team. You know, they've been resilient and they've had resolve the whole season. Why would they uh, have resolve in this crucial game six? And if I was in fact, that's how I would have played game seven. I mean, he did sort of say that it, you know, he, he basically said that he expected the team to have just an incredible uh, competitive attitude. But I, I just didn't think that was the way to handle his goaltending going into a, a, a game seven. Yeah, I, I just I can't help but think that it was just a play for the media. I, I don't know. I, I really do. I, I've seen him do it before. His team, you know, there's so much pressure on St. Louis not to kind of blow this, quote unquote. Um, and to me. I mean, I don't know. We'll find out in time, but I, I would, I would bet money that that 
that Elliot knows he's starting the knew he's knew he's starting the game right away, and that he just wanted Hitchcock just wanted the media not to talk about the Blues struggles in game six, like early on in the first period, and, and just take the pressure. Hitch, Hitch loves to take the pressure onto him and take it off of the team. So to me, this is like, oh, Hitchcock's doing the wrong thing here. And that's complete. That's his game. I, that's just my opinion. But um, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. So so you so you do like Nashville for um, for Thursday night. This is this uh, this. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's a switch for me because I really like how the Chats were doing. But I, you know, I, I think it's an issue in this series as well. Uh, you know, the the Predators. You know, the quickness of the Predators has been noticeable in this series. Um, you know, the Sharks, as much as we like their big over, you know, their off-season acquisition, Paul Martin and Jones and Cole and, uh, uh, you know, Noel Ward, I mean, it, it's really a help. But now you look at it, you think, boy, they could use a couple uh, quicker forwards, uh, to be sure. <laughs> when the, the play of Colin Wilson, that, that's been, to me, the most fascinating thing in the playoffs. Your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think, you know not for the fact that he had a good run in the playoffs last year, I would call this a, you know, a Bruce Conto type situation. Yeah. You know, he had a miserable season. Like, you know, uh, uh, the Predators are always looking to get rid of him. Uh, uh-huh. You know, just because he's really is underachieved. And then you watch him in the playoffs, and, you know, he looked like this against Chicago, you know, last year, too, if you recall. You know, he yeah. had some, uh, some incredible performances. And, yeah. Uh, and now all of a sudden he's doing it again. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, there's no level of inconsistency since he arrived in the NHL. Um, that's been very frustrating for the Predators. Uh, and now all of a sudden he looks like he's among their three most indispensable bad players. Yeah. It's it's not I mean it's not unprecedented I mean you know John Drews with the Capitals years ago Rene Bork with Montreal I mean you always had these players who either come from obscurity or are just run of the mill players I think he's better than those oh, guys no 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 I, I I agree Russ I mean he's like yeah, you yeah. said yesterday he scored 20 goals so I mean he's better than that but he had a terrible season and this is a regular season and this is a, his way of of uh, you know he's bouncing back I think I believe he scored as many goals as he did in the playoffs, as he did in the regular season. So he's contributing when the team needs to. But I don't think that changes the the point of view of of the the, of the National Predators in terms of their willingness to maybe move him in the offseason or in the next few years based on one playoff. I mean, Montreal moved Rene Bork uh, because he was making too much money and you know they wanted a more consistent player. So I, I think Colin Wilson could be moved in the summer just as likely – as if he hadn't had a great playoff. I don't, I don't think I'm not so. buying that. I'm not buying it. I, I like Nashville in this game, too, because I like what their defense has done. I like their opportunistic scoring that's come up. And and guys missing in action, Patrick Marlowe, Joel Ward, Thomas Hurdle. They need to get something out of those guys if they want to beat Nashville because the other guys can't do it alone. Couture is playing great. Brent Burns is playing great. Joe Thornton's playing great. But it's not enough when you're facing a, a really an elite defense like they're facing. And, and again, Pekka Rene, if you get him moving, you're going to score a goal or two every game. And they still haven't figured out to do more wraparounds and to get their speed guys, even like a Marlowe, to kind of buzz around the net and try a couple of those every period because those are the goals he's given up now. Kevin? Yeah, um, I, I didn't catch all of it. Uh... I, I agree with Mike, I think, about uh, 
yeah. yeah. I completely agree, and and I I think I honestly feel like these two teams are playing at a higher level than the other two teams than than St. than St. Louis or Dallas right now. I feel like Nashville and San Jose are, but it's hard. I mean, it's it's going to be hard to say until we see them play each other. But and what and what they come up with then. But I feel like those two teams are playing as good as any two teams in the league. What your quick thoughts before we let you go on on Friday on Friday? You know, we've got on Tampa Pittsburgh. Where where are you, what are you thinking with that? Well, I, I think it's going to be a great series. But, um, you know, I, I still like the Penguins. They were my, you know, pre-playoff uh, pick to win it all. I thought they were the best team at the end of the season. But, you know, the biggest change for them is I was concerned even down the stretch of whether or not the defense would be able to sort of convert to a playoff style of defense where, you know, the movement of the puck was not as uh, crucial as just getting it out of the zone that the um, the objective, although it seems the same, you know, really isn't. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you're trying to move it up to uh, guys to for an offensive attack, it's completely different than, hey, i got to get this puck out of this zone as quickly as I can so that the other team can't score. It's, it's a different mindset. And the, the Penguins have really effectively made the transformation and Sullivan's impact on the team. I ended up talking to John Tortorella about him uh, just the other day, and I wrote a story. And, you know, Tortorella made a really interesting observation about Sullivan, who was, you know, was with him for seven years and in three different stops in Tampa and with Rangers and, uh, in, in Vancouver. And he said, Sullivan's strength is, is that he can hold a player's, uh, their feet to the fire, but still make them feel good about themselves. And, you know, that's a neat trick. Yeah, that is something. And, uh, and, and, and I think, uh, um, you know, we're seeing that. Like, you know, he has got this team very accountable for, you know, the way they play and uh, and to play responsible away from the puck. And yet they really like him. You know, yeah. they, they, they feel empowered. You know, he's given them a feeling that, you know, he talks all the time about how, he might, how much he trusts this group. Uh, and so for that reason, you know, I'm still sticking with the Penguins, although I've been really impressed by, uh, you know, it's almost as if, the Lightning, and I know they didn't plan it this way, but this couldn't be any better. I mean, basically, they've come together, you know, in the playoffs. They've gotten, uh, for the most part, uh, uh, for the guys that were underachieving during the regular season, namely Tyler Johnson, uh, they've gotten healthy. 
Uh, and, you know, they're playing pretty effectively. Now, they're still without Strauman and, uh, uh, and Seba Santos, which are two pretty big pieces. Um, but, you know, somehow they've sort of come together. I, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be an easy series for the Penguins. I think they're, they're going to win this series. But the Lightning, you know, they're formidable. I mean, they went to school last <laughs> spring, and they learned a lot about winning from, uh, from the Chicago Blackhawks. That's exactly it. I completely agree. Um, all right. Well, we're going to get out of here. It's 2 o'clock, and I think people are going to start banging in Russ's house again because uh, Russ has some... No, we're, good. we're good. We're good. It's 2 o'clock. No, it's okay. We're, we, I do have to run. I have a big thing. But, Kevin, thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. We'll see you soon. That was Kevin Allen there. And, uh, yeah, so that's... I do have to run, guys, but we do have... Um, we will be back again tomorrow where we'll talk about Game 7. We'll get into the Nashville thing. And then we also discuss the rumor I wrote on the blog today a little bit more. Um, I talked about Louis Erickson today. So definitely uh, check that out. There's a lot of rumors surrounding him. It doesn't sound like he's going to be back in Boston from people I've been talking to. And, uh, you know, I think that that's going to be a fun topic. So we will tease that today and talk about it tomorrow. Too. Thanks for taking part in that. We'll, we'll do another one. Yeah, thanks, everyone, for jumping on the Twitter poll. It was really cool. Talk to you soon, guys, without the buzz. It is just hockey. We will talk to you then. Where is my cursor? I cannot see. There it is. Thanks. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.